Hello and welcome to the Press Gallery of the Edmonton Journal's Politics Podcast. I am your host, Provincial Affairs reporter Emma Graney. It is Friday, January 4, 2019. Happy New Year. I'm sorry about the singing. And this is the complaints edition, which I'm sure you're going to send me because I did just sing. With me today, my fellow legislative reporter, Claire Clancy. How are you, mate? Great. Happy New Year. Yay. Happy Back New Year. Back at it. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I actually haven't stopped being at it yeah. since... Mm. December 24th, maybe? Oh, before that, yeah. Mm. yeah. Keith Jerome, how are you? I'm good. He's our legislative columnist for those who are just tuning in for the first time. Yes. Yeah. Welcome to 2019. He's got some sweet hot takes. I do. That's my thing. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you just kind of took a moment to consider that and then went, yes, absolutely, all over the hot takes. And our boss, Dave Breckenridge, how you doing, mate? Good. I, I thought that you were going to comment on Keith's sweet beard. And so oh, yeah, that's, of course. Maybe See, that I've was seen the it. pause. It was, I, no, we know. thought we'd leave that to the bromance over there. I guess. <laughs> it's a pretty sweet beard. <laughs> it is looking good. And you've you've really like looking after the, yeah, the bottom the part there. You're yeah. keeping that trim nicely there, it's Keith. It's pretty white, though. I think it adds five years, so I'm not sure it'll survive the week, but we'll Makes see. Makes you look wisened. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Good word. All the, all the more for your hot takes, Keith. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hot takes are better from a guy with a beard. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that is the saying. Absolutely. So this is a complaints edition because it's been all complaints all the time here in Alberta politics for the last couple of weeks, actually, but we haven't had a podcast to talk about them all. We've got the UCP complaining about Progress Alberta. We've got Derek Fildebrand complaining about the UCP. We've got Karen McPherson from the Alberta Party complaining about the Speaker... Who is not being complained about right now? Like, honestly. And then, so we're going to talk about all that and we will briefly talk about 2019 prognostications. Breck, you look like you're desperate to get something off your chest. No, right I, I was panicked about prognostications for 2019. I was like, I don't know. That's the spirit. There you go. Who I'll knows? Th- I'll make something up in the it's next. It's all right. Keith's got hot takes. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Let's start off with the UCP complaining about Progress Alberta, just because we're going to do this in a chronological order, I suppose. Um, I I guess I wrote this story. It came out on when was that? Christmas-ish? Sometime around Christmas? Basically, UCP MLA Nathan Cooper has sent a letter to the election commissioner complaining about Progress Alberta, uh, which is a left-leaning organisation. They definitely work against the UCP, I think it's fair to say. It's headed up by Duncan Kinney. They also do a lot of digging about UCP candidates, potential candidates. Um, a lot of the kerfuffles that have come from uh, nomination meetings have kind of resulted from you know Progress Alberta doing some digging. Now, Nathan Cooper's complaint or the UCP's complaint is that Progress Alberta is accepting money from the US Tides Foundation, which does a ton of work around the world, all kinds of programs. But the programs that are in Canada seem to be more environmentally focused. Specifically, they send a ton of cash to stop dirty oil, I'm air quoting that, and pipelines. So they do a lot of that work, anti-pipeline work, and they, well, they don't do the work, but they fund it to a lot of environmental groups throughout Canada. They also do work with food banks, work with uh, underprivileged kids. Uh, A lot of, weirdly, they do, they fund a lot of um, coding for kids programs in Canada, like all over the country. It's really weird, like computer coding for kids. So anyway, basically their problem is that Progress Alberta is accepting money from the U.S. Tides Foundation, so foreign money, 
And what they're saying is that because Progress Alberta is a registered third-party advertiser, uh, they're somehow taking that cash and kind of using it to pay for anti-UCP advertising um, without declaring it properly through Elections Alberta. Now, I spoke with Duncan Kinney, um, who's the executive director of Progress Alberta, and he says, that's nonsense, not happening. Yes, we get money from tides, but it's not going towards political advertising because we have four staff now, so we've got to pay for them somehow. Also, they didn't get any donations in 2018. So, Keith, what do you reckon about this whole thing? Because we were talking about this yesterday. (laughs) We were. Yeah, hot take number one. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, clearly Progress Alberta has been quite an irritant to the UCP. Uh, They have been doing a lot of digging, as you say, uh, of some of the uh, the nomination hopefuls that have been uh, maybe with some checkered pasts that have been showing up for the UCP. Um, so it's no surprise that the UCP has probably been looking into Progress Alberta a little bit. And this is what they came up with, at least initially. I don't know if there's a way to prove that the money that Progress Alberta got from Tides is directly going to political advertising, right? That is one of the rules around political action committees, that you can't accept money for from uh, entities that do business outside of Alberta. Yeah, or the, no, that don't do business inside Alberta. Inside Alberta, yeah. that's right. And, and then use it for political advertising. But you could potentially use it for other things, which yeah. is what Progress Alberta is is suggesting. So how you prove what they actually use that money for is, is probably uh, difficult to determine. I think the major point of this is the UCP wanting to prove to Albertans or show Albertans that, hey, here's this group that is actually accepting money from from uh, an organization, a foreign organization that is against Alberta's oil industry, right? That's that's the thing they want to want to showcase here. Yeah, I think it's also um, important to note that all these complaints that are going to the elections commissioner, uh, we don't know what the status of complaints are um, mm. because obviously they don't share kind of results of investigations as they're ongoing. So I think we're kind of in an interesting situation where as we get closer to an election, we're going to start seeing perhaps results from various complaints that are brought forward by parties and MLAs. Let's not forget the ethics commissioner didn't like that it. That was when a fun one. <laughs> when everyone's, yeah. when, um, was it? It was, was it Heather Sweet with the NDP made a complaint about something that the UCP had done and then the Ethics Commission basically wrapped her over the knuckles and was like, listen, hey, there's an election coming up. Stop with these vacuous complaints. It no, was the India, it was something in relating to the UCP's trip to India, or they had already had it approved. Yeah, right. um, that they had cleared with the ethics commissioner in advance, and then the NDP uh, MLA that you mentioned uh, complained about it. Look. Right now, there's a big discussion about dark money, third party money. People are saying, you know, we want we want to have some clear rules in place to keep our elections clean um, and to have a group that is so vehemently anti oil giving money to a third party. Even if that money isn't going to political advertising, it's the same optics that Unite Alberta had or Alberta can't wait. What was the name of the pack that Kenny had that he hasn't released his donors on fully because of privacy concerns? I can't remember if that was Unite Alberta or Alberta can't wait. But there were complaints. Yeah, there were complaints yeah. about that pack right in the lead up to uh, the the merger of the UC uh, the PCs and the Wild Rose that you know Kenny said all the donors would be released and then some do- yeah. some smaller donors weren't released and that was for his leadership race too yeah. that he was accepting yeah. these donations for the PC and the UCP leadership races without declaring them and he turned yeah. around and said well a I don't have to and b privacy concerns yeah and then but the specifically relating to the pack that 
there's just a whole level of optics around third-party advertisers right now. And I think that it doesn't look great on Progress Alberta, even if, as they say, the money isn't going to political advertising. Uh, the feeling in Alberta right now is that um, a group like Tides, whether they do uh, other humanitarian work, is very much an enemy of Alberta's economic driver, and it doesn't look great on them. And of course, this all comes off the back of Jason Kenney saying he's going to start a war room um, if he's elected that will campaign ag- that will work against these anti-oil interests, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that raises the question of, well, how do you fight against something like tides, right? I mean, unless you're going to turn around and ban all donations from tides, which I don't see how you could possibly do that, or say you can't accept you know, somehow legislate, you can't accept any donations to fund anti-oil work, which is vastly overstepping what a government should do mm-hmm. um, lest you want to be declared a dictatorship. Like, I don't know. Or or you get taxpayer dollars, right? And you fund a pro-pipeline campaign, just like what the NDP is doing right now, or you do that basically on steroids. Like, I don't know what your options are in a war room. Yeah. And I mean, there's certainly options or issues of free speech that come up with exactly. this as well. I mean, I think the goal really here is to, you know, to try to minimize some of this dark money, to try to minimize some of the um, the large sums that can go into uh, third party advertising or at least have those those advertisers declare where they're getting their 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 money from. But there's so many difficulties, as Dave pointed out, and how how you control that and how you do that. There's various kinds of loopholes. I mean, we look at some of the other organizations that are perhaps more aligned with the UCP, but aren't listed as third-party advertisers. I'm thinking of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. We don't know where they get all their money from. There's other groups like the Rebel Media. We don't know where they get all their money from. These are not third-party advertisers they don't do they don't take out political ads on the airwaves or on billboards but they certainly do a lot of advocacy in other respects right but they're not subject to those same rules so i think there's still a lot of work that needs to be done to determine how and what and when you can fund uh, how much you can spend who mm-hmm. actually qualifies um, but the the point is, I don't know if you're ever going to be able to control all of it. And it's just, it's a very, very messy, uh, messy situation right now. Let's also not forget about all the kind of debate over shaping Alberta's future, the new pack that rose up in the fall. Like, I think it's just going to be really interesting over the next few months seeing all this back and forth. And I'm assuming there will be many more complaints launched um, related to election financing. Which is a great segue into our next topic. Clancy, you covered this one. Derek Fildebrand was complaining yes, about the UCP. Yeah, so, so another complaint. Here? And we were so, both in the newsroom, but I think both. Yeah, it was, when I both think it was December 27th. Yeah, yeah so yeah. this. this what, a, what a time so to be So it was alive. fun because we were like, oh, we'll get a break to work on features. And then instead we just filed daily news politics, politics stories as always. <laughs> um, so basically uh, what happened was Derek Fildebrand um, is launching a complaint uh, with He's the elections commissioner. He's the leader of the Freedom Conservative Party for those playing along at home. If you don't know that, then please listen to previous podcasts because they'll be very entertaining. <laughs> um, so he uh, is going to the elections commissioner about a complaint about an in-kind donation that he says he made uh, during Jason Kenney's leadership campaign in October 2017. Um, basically, he says that he held, he he and other volunteers in Strathmore Brooks um, held a, um, a campaign event. It was a meet and greet with Jason Kenney. They told leadership campaign staffers that they would um, make an in-kind donation to cover the cost of the event. Derek Fildebrand is saying that that 
wasn't reported properly in um, the campaign leadership uh report i guess to the elections commissioner financial disclosure just financial disclosure so what's interesting is that derek filderan also says that the reason he decided to bring this issue forward comes off of something that happened a few weeks ago with a former ucp member called Tarek chaudhry Um, and that's kind of a long convoluted story but basically uh Tarek chaudhry says that he had hosted events um with the understanding that he'd be paid back for them. Um, that was one of his concerns and says that that he never saw that money back. So Derek Fildebrand told me that he felt like that's he what should bring here? forward his complaint right. about the in-kind donation not being properly reported. Um, and then his question was, are there other in-kind donations that haven't been properly reported during the leadership campaign or yeah. beyond? Um, the UCP says that it was an oversight and uh, the and Derek so Fildebrand one, yes, and um, he's reported at the elections commissioner. So I guess we'll see if there's some kind of ruling on it, and we could find <laughs> that out in weeks or months. It's interesting though. Tarek Chaudhry brought forward his concerns the week before Christmas when yep. no one was paying attention. Derek Fildebrand, a little little savvier. I was just gonna say that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, brought forward his concerns the the week after New Year's when uh, oh, the week between Christmas uh, and New uh, Year's. Sorry, when there was not a lot of other news going on. Really, right? the, everything uh, yes. closes yeah. down at that point. So yes. as a journalist, you're like. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tark Chaudhry gave out his letter on a Friday afternoon, right before the holidays. Yeah. So, but we still covered it. Yeah, so. absolutely. And um, Thomas Lukasik, uh, former MLA, no loss, yeah, no love lost between him and Jason Kenny. I think it's fair to say they actively dislike one another. I think that would be a a fair statement. Yes. Um, he has he's definitely gone to bat for this. Uh, for this whole Chowdhury complaint, which is about Eid celebrations, is it not? Down it's about in Calgary? it's about two Eid celebrations that were hosted that um, cost that Tarek Chowdhury says cost around twenty thousand dollars for yeah. both, um, and he's saying that he had understood he'd be refunded for that through the party because right. it was a party organized event, but. Um, you know, we haven't really heard what the background to that is. And it's very much a he said, she said complaint at this point. Right. And the background of that is important to note is that Chaudhry says that Kenny promised him he would be the favored candidate for the UCP right. in Edmonton Mill Woods, right? So there was some quid pro quo there, according, according to Chaudhry. What a time to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, the the big question around this is, are enough people paying attention for it to be an issue outside of the political right. bubble? Um, will this kind of thing dog the UCP for a long time? Are there other instances where people have similar accusations to make and will they come out over the next few months and do voters care? I imagine that a lot of people in the NDP and people like Thomas Lukasik are hoping to raise uh, awareness about this. And admittedly, it doesn't look good on the UCP to have these kind of things come out. Uh, Derek Fildebrand's complaint seems minor. And it was $283, yeah, I should say. Couple, yeah, a couple hundred bucks. It uh, seems minor compared to Chaudhry's complaint. Um, but again, do we see a pattern of these things? Was it a calculated strategy to help uh, Jason Kenney win the leadership? It also goes back to um, also just how contested the UCP nominations have been. And really, that's what's causing a lot of these complaints is that um, there are people like Tarek Chaudhry, who regardless of what the conversations were with the UCP, obviously, he feels a little bit hard done by. And I think, you know, there's a lot of contentious nominations going on. So I think we're just going to see this get worse. Yeah, I mean, you do see a pattern here of people who have been 
in their words, maligned by the UCP. Either they have been kicked out of the party or kicked out of caucus, have lost nominations. Thinking of Prab Gill here, for example, Derek Fildebrand, uh, Tarek Chaudhry. There's been other. They don't have access to grind, Keith. What <laughs> exactly, are you right? About? So I think that's important to remember that there are some. These are folks that uh, have. Uh, have not been doing well within the UCP for various reasons. Uh, some of those reasons that they have uh, lost their nominations or been kicked out of the party are legitimate reasons. So I think that is important to 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 remember here. But it sure seems that they are they are a little they're angry. Uh, Jason Kenney has uh, has caused some considerable uh, considerable anger among these folks. So it's you don't necessarily always see that among other parties. So Claire's right. There these these nominations these. Uh, decisions to try and uh, remove people from the party and 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 essentially uh, you know in a lot of cases that ruin their chances of being a, you know a, for a political career are uh, are not being taken well you know it's interesting you said this doesn't come up in many parties there are so many complaints coming forward i have never it's seen anything like up, this guys. it is hard to keep <laughs> try up try to chill out a bit <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's a lot of them and it seems like people are not afraid now to talk about this internal machinations of what the heck is going on, which is an interesting place for a journalist to be, absolutely. Let's move on to Karen McPherson and her complaint. She's an Alberta Party MLA, formerly an NDP MLA. Her complaints stem back to last year when it was revealed that, God, it's just like one never-ending saga, Alberta politics, isn't it? Stems back to Robin Luff. (laughs) who left the UCP caucus, first was protesting it, then was kicked out. And then as part of that, and her talking to the media, it came out that, and now this isn't something that Robin Luff knew or uh, McPherson knew about, but there were two issues of um, sexual misconduct by current NDP MLAs. Now, the NDP has refused to name those MLAs, say there was an independent, um, there was an internal investigation which was conducted by an independent third party uh basically they weren't egregious enough to warrant criminal charges um it was decided that some education of said mlas would be the way to go here and neither of the complainants or none of the complainants pursued anything further than that nor have they come forward to the media which means we don't know what happened we don't know who they are we don't know what these mlas Um, did or purported to have done. So Karen McPherson, um, Alberta Party MLA, wrote to the Speaker saying, you know what, I want you to investigate the NDP's investigation of these MLAs because there seems to be, we need to make sure everything's transparent, we need to make sure it was above board. Part of the problem here is that every party in Alberta has a different way of dealing with sexual misconduct complaints or workplace harassment in any way. The UCP, um, there was also a workplace complaint against one of their MLAs. It wasn't uh, sexual, but they were found to have done nothing wrong after there was an investigation. Now, the UCP uses like the Legislative Assembly rules. The NDP uses its own set of rules. The Alberta Party uses the Alberta Human Rights Commission rules. Like It's just such a higgledy-piggledy mess. So Karen McPherson got a letter back from the speaker saying, yep, got your letter, not not looking into it. Obviously, I'm paraphrasing, and that is it in a nutshell. She is not happy with that. Clancy, you covered all of this stuff as it was Yeah, happening, right? I think what you're saying about all the different rules, I do think it raises questions about whether there should be like a standardized process in place for any elected official, because I was pretty surprised at that, to yeah. be honest. Um, but yeah. I thought they were like... I. Th- 
I just was just assuming that they're all under the legislative assembly. That's what I assumed as well. But yeah, exactly. And I do think people are really people really want to know who these two MLAs are. I think the NDP not giving any kind of context for the allegations is I mean, as a reporter, I find it concerning. Like, I would like to know either who the people are so that I can talk to them about what, you know, what happened um, or or the nature, the of, the nature of the complaints. And no, because it's very exactly. different to say to someone, hey, you look great today. Hey, that's a nice dress. Or, you know, say comments that someone finds offensive or inappropriate is very different to, like, I don't know, grabbing someone's tit. You know what I mean? Very or, like, different things, their ass. yes. Very, very different yeah. things. And that's the thing is we really we don't at this point know um, exactly what happened, but I think it's fair to ask those questions. And it is um, it is problematic, I guess, that the NDP are just really unwilling to budge and give any more information on this. They're saying it's to protect the privacy of the complainants, but I really, like, obviously there are ways around that. It seems very unlikely that by saying who the MLAs are or the nature of the complaints alone would out the complainants. Mm. I mean, unless it's, if the complaint is something like, you know, he kept harassing his constituency association secretary or something like that, then obviously it would out the complainant. But, but then the question do, is, why is that still a sitting MLA as well? If yeah. it's, and that's I think that's where everyone's questions are coming from, is what was the behavior as such that the two MLAs are still sitting MLAs? Mm. I'm assuming it's not that severe, but to be honest, it's like, we don't really know. No, exactly right. So Karen McPherson wants the Speaker to further look into it. Dave, are you surprised that the Speaker's just going like, nah, bugger it? No, I'm not surprised at all. I mean, at the end of the day, the, the Speaker is a, an MLA that belongs to a specific party. But at the same time, is it in the purview of the Speaker to investigate the exactly. party's own investigation? Yeah, because he's, I mean, he's in charge of what happens in the House. And unless this yeah. stuff didn't happen... In the legislature, you know, it didn't happen in or the did house. It? I like this. The, the most. I'm gonna knock my microphone around. The <laughs> most frustrating thing about this is that we, there's a a vacuum. Yeah. We don't know anything about it. I think that the public has a right to know if if the representatives have done something wrong, and what it was, and how serious it was. Like at the end of the day, that's it's a pretty basic concept, and. I understand the need to protect the privacy of survivors. I get that. We cover sex assault cases at court all the time. We don't name victims of sexual assault. There has to be some middle ground where we get some information on this, especially when there's an election coming up. Voters have a right to know if they're voting for someone who has engaged in predatory behavior. Yeah, and right I, now we yeah. have nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I certainly agree with Dave. The, the way the NDP has handled this has been very self-serving, or at least smells that way. Um, and I, I think there would be a way to give us more information uh, to reassure the public or or to, you know, to, to uh, show exactly what happened without, uh, you know, uh, without causing any grief to the victims. But, um, you know, that's the position they've taken. Uh, that is something that I'm sure Karen McPherson and the UCP and others will uh, continue to highlight as we head towards the election. And the NDP can be judged for their, their actions on this. We have to remember the NDP has certainly made their reputation as being a party of you know, equality for women, rights, social justice. Uh, this doesn't look good on them, the way they've handled this. And I mean, we, we did ask Jason Kenney about the UCP complaint and he said, well, they were found to have done nothing wrong and I don't see the point in naming someone and dragging their good main name through the mud when they were found to have done nothing wrong. 
So that's Jason Kenney's justification on that. And I think what's interesting is, I mean, not to compare the allegations because we don't no, know absolutely. what they were. But and the, the, and the UCP one had nothing to do with like it wasn't sexual. They said it was a workplace anyway. complaint, workplace right? Complaint. But NDP, but the NDP, they did find that their MLAs did something wrong, which is why exactly. they had to re-educate them in some way and to re-educate. Say that, that's very communism. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't call me a communist, Emma. <laughs> Oh, you can cross it off your 2019 Twitter mentions bingo yeah. card, Clancy. But that's the thing is like, it's just, I think it's so interesting that these are elected officials. They were found to have done something wrong. I don't see the issue with letting the public know what they did. Come yeah. on. And <laughs> yeah. I know we've said it before, like Clancy and I honestly just started stopping every male NDP MLA and saying, are you one of the ones? Are you one of the ones? Are you one of the ones? And at first they kind of panicked. But then they yeah, came but up then, with their line of, yes, yeah. we're not revealing these names because to do so would blah, 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 blah. Well, it's important to point out that we did try because there are certainly members of the public out there and certainly some some political folks who are suggesting that the media didn't even investigate the NDP, right? Alleging that there is some bias there and it's not Right, the and case we definitely did, yes. Yeah. Um, all right, just very, very briefly, uh, I want to talk about 2019. Um, I predict there's going to be an election. You Good took one. my prediction. <laughs> That's a bold move. <laughs> um, I don't know when it's going to be, though. We haven't even started a pool, Clancy. We should start a pool. Yeah, we have ledge. to do that soon. Yeah. yeah. Dollar buy-in, do you reckon? Sure. Like an election for what date? Yeah. For what date? What date? Yeah. yeah. Pick yeah. the pick the date or pick the week even. Yeah. I told Emma I always like I'm gonna pick my birthday, which is April 23rd. I don't know if it's a Tuesday though. I have to check, but it's because new like huge news it always a, happens on my birthday every year. April, April 23rd is, is a Tuesday. There yeah. you go. And it all like new every single year. Crazy. Every single year something huge happens. And that I time you were work. living in Saskatchewan, you were supposed yeah. to come home to Calgary for your birthday, and then there was like a triple homicide. You had quadruple to homicide. I had to drive homicide. up north. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Keith, I know that you were you were writing some. Yeah, the column I'm gonna have uh, coming out uh, Saturday will be kind of 19 bold and not so bold predictions for 2019. <laughs> so, um, so I I'm, I wouldn't predict the outcome of the election uh, or even when it's gonna be uh, <laughs> at this point. Uh, I do think we're really good at this uh, know, this political analysis. Business, I know those, aren't we? <laughs> those have not worked out too well for me in the past. Uh, uh, obviously, you know. The polls suggest that the UCP would uh, is is headed towards a big majority and a big win. I actually think things are going to tighten up a little bit because uh, they tend to do that in elections, uh, and there will be some surprises. Um, whether they'll tighten up enough to actually make it interesting, we don't know. But uh, anyway, that's that's about as far as I'm going to go at this point. <laughs> so. Dave, you got any thoughts about what might happen this year? Um. Politically, I had, specifically. I, I, yeah, I, I had one a second ago and, and it flew away. Um, I don't think we'll see a spring session or a winter sitting in the legislature. I think that we'll go right into campaign mode. I think that it will be a campaign of few big ticket announcements because nobody in the government doesn't have any money to throw around. I could be wrong. Maybe... Uh, the NDP will talk about big spending. I I don't know, but you know, everyone will be rolling out their plan to get the economy and back on track and get the budget back in balance. Um, I predict it will be a nasty campaign, not necessarily between the parties, but between uh, intermediaries or third parties or proxies or people on Twitter. It that's where it will get really ugly. Um, 
and we'll all be the worst for it. I don't know. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the, the third party advertisers will be out in force. I think that's absolutely true because the parties are limited, remember, for the first time to two million in spending during the campaign. So mm-hmm. that yeah. does open up some room for, for third party advertisers to uh, take up some of the slack. Yeah. And I mean, the UCP has already said and it was I did a story um, just on coming up to the end of the year about how all of the political parties are calling for donations and they were looking for the, the you know, the December 31 deadline and they were basically pleading with people at that point. But the UCP um, managed to get $500,000 and says it's going to put it towards a positive advertising campaign um, that was in air quotes in the new year. So I'm intrigued to see what that looks like because I don't know what a positive ad campaign from the UCP could look like we positively hate the NDP warm and fuzzy Jason Kenny maybe posing in some sweaters you hmm. know sweater vests like oh Steve, like Steve, the Andrew Steve, Shear video yeah, oh I Stephen didn't Harper see that too yeah. at one point. Yes, that's right <laughs> such yes. a great campaign video <laughs> so funny yeah so I guess we'll see that in the new year as well I predicted a UCP advertising campaign hey oh way to go mm-hmm. I predict we'll be all overworked and exhausted and burn out by the summer <laughs> That's my prediction. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> a purely that's a, selfish one. That's but. a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely. Let's move on now to our regular segment, Good Stuff from the Gallery, in which we recommend things we have seen or heard or listened to or read lately that we think you might also enjoy. Clancy, what do you have for us? I have a fun one. It's so nice. It's um it's to go with your pop sugar reading challenge. I don't oh, know yeah. if you're gonna recommend that, but Emma introduced me to a great reading challenge last year, um, which she tweets about and everyone should do it. But um there's a great podcast that I started listening to that kind of relates to it. It's called Literary Friction and it's a UK podcast with these two awesome women who talk about books and interview authors and um yeah, some of the books that I'm reading I've been um yeah, listening to kind of the interview with the author about their process and what gave them the idea and it's super interesting nice i wasn't going to recommend the pop sugar reading challenge but now i will also recommend that keith what do you have for us mate (laughs) uh it's a article that came out uh, before christmas from uh university of calgary economist trevor toom it's called why equalization is not unfair to alberta uh, I recommend this uh, because <laughs> Sounds it is like a really exciting read. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> no, Trevor's good. He he does break things down. He does break them. things down. It's it's well uh, well easy to understand for for somebody like me and for others who maybe don't get equalization, which is a quite a complicated concept. Um, so I don't necessarily agree with all of his conclusions there, but and people would be free to disagree with it. But at least this is a good primer on exactly how equalization works. And I think we're going to be hearing that word a lot in the next several months as this this anger machine ramps up over uh, whether Alberta is hard done by in Confederation or not. Oh, another hot take from Keith snuck into his uh, snuck into his good stuff recommendation. I'm going to recommend a documentary series on Netflix that I just finished watching called Seven Days Out. It is absolutely wonderful. I love that wonderful. show so much. Wasn't it amazing? Yeah, it was so, so good. good. So basically, they went in and um, for the seven days. Well, they documented the seven days before some of the huge events in the world. So, for example, um, before the Cassini probe crash, they went and, you know, went to NASA and talked to all the scientists and stuff. And they do kind of a countdown. They went to um, a Paris Week fashion show. Uh, they, the Westminster Dog Show. The Westminster Dog Show was amazing. But the one that I wasn't expecting uh, was the last one where it was League of Legends and the North American finals for video game, like, uh, championships which I'd vaguely heard was a thing 
Next thing I know, halfway through the episode, I'm bawling my eyes out emotionally invested in the League of Legends final and what was happening with these computer gamers. And like, I don't, the last time I played a computer game was Mario Kart when I was, I don't know, like 18 or something like that. I'm not a gamer, but I was so intrigued by this and now I'm totally into gaming and kind of want to like give it a whirl. So I highly recommend Seven Days Out. It's a fantastic watch. Dave, take us home, mate. I'm going to recommend a podcast as well. Um, I'm an occasional listener to Malcolm Gladwell's Revisionist History. Great podcast. Um, but late in 2018, he launched a new podcast with a couple of people, uh, Bruce Headlam and Rick Rubin, and it's called Broken Record, and it's um, a big nerdy discussion about music. And there's, I think... Uh, six or seven episodes up to the end of the year. The first one is a conversation with Rick Rubin about his production work. Episode two is a long chat with Nile Rogers from Chic. Uh, there's an episode about Rufus Wainwright, and it's just like really interesting, fascinating deep dive discussions about music, which is kind of my like sweet spot, safe space. <laughs> Your happy place. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for joining me for the first press gallery of 2019. We will, of course, have the first press gallery interview coming up next week. I'm going to chat with Senator Paula Simons. Woo! I know her. So exciting. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to be talking with her for the first episode of the interview. And of course, we'll be back next week with more. You can and should definitely subscribe to the Press Gallery podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you happen to find your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, do leave us um, a rating. That would be ace. If you have any questions, comments or concerns, get in touch with me. You can email me, egraney at postmedia.com or find me on Twitter at Emma L. Graney, where I spend too much time, send out a lot of gifts, and mention the Pop Sugar Reading Challenge more than a normal human being does. We'll be back again this time next week for more Alberta political analysis and fun on the Press Gallery. <laughs>